everyone. Welcome to Living the Liminal podcast. I am Christy Peck, spiritual teacher, intuitive, and author of Coming Home, A Love Story. Wouldn't it be something if you could have it all? An uncensored peace, a true joy, and an all-knowing that there is so much more to life than what our human body can see and do and experience. I invite you to join me here every week as my guests and myself have conversations around living consciously with courage, connection, and choosing to feel good even in the uncharted and unknown moments. I am so thrilled you are here and look forward to sharing this sacred space with you. Hello, everyone. You are listening to Living the Liminal, and I am Christy Peck. It is such a joy to be here with you all today. I am excited about just, I don't know, it's like the middle of May, and it's just sunny, and and everything seems to be kind of winding down, and there's this new energy feeling, and I'm excited for the summer. And I really hope that this finds you in that same kind of space where you're kind of seeing some some experiences in your life where you're ending and beginning, right? Because that's the cycle that's constantly um, an ongoing motion within our lives where we're ending things and beginning. It's sort of the change of life. It's a natural, natural thing to kind of be in this constant evolution process. Um, I've noticed though recently, and and quite possibly it's because we are ending school years and, and there's all types of, you know, whenever there's endings and beginnings, um, I seem to notice this trend a lot. Um, and that is, there seems to be a lot of shame and guilt around actions of others, um, meaning that maybe the actions of others kind of trigger this shame and guilt in us. Maybe it's something that's always been there and it just kind of surfaces at times. I don't know, but I've just noticed it. And I feel like somewhere along the way, the adventure of the last decades upon decades upon decades, we kind of have become a society divided. I'm not here today to talk about race or economic status or equality. Those are very, very, very important conversations and, and they really need to be had in the midst of many people, not just one sitting on a podcast. But today I do wanna to talk to you about the division within our own selves because I believe that that's where shame and guilt really come from. We talk on the show a lot about ego and soul and feminine and masculine and body and mind and human and spirit. And yes, this is these are important concepts when we're talking about division, but I wanna simplify it a bit for you. Way, 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 way many, many years ago when I was younger, I ran smack into a moment that landed me curled up on my bed and crying. I was 17 years old. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And my father had pulled me out onto the back porch. 
as he and my mother had just finished telling us that they were going to not be together anymore. And he decided to pull me out and let me know that he no longer wanted to live in our house, to be married to my mother, or to be a father. He just didn't want it here anymore, he said. And he left. And, you know, there were a few years, I would say three, four, maybe even five years where I still fought the battle to hold on to him. You know, I played the game of, oh, I need a ride to college, or I want you to meet my boyfriend, or it's a holiday, we have to get together. And amidst every one of these moments, I shoved my devastation deep into my cells. And, and to be honest, it kind of felt normal back then. Um, I had been doing it since I was little, you know, constantly hearing things like, stop crying, Christy, you're, you're sick again. Do what you're told. The adults are always right. They know more than you. I'm working hard so you can have these things. I mean, these were the words and the language that I constantly heard. I don't know, maybe you've had similar experiences. I'm referring to those that zap our energy and yet it feels normal. Ones where we negotiate our beauty to prove we're okay, becoming sexually active before it feels right, looking a certain way to fit in, wearing outfits we don't feel good in just to be seen. Or maybe other experiences where we bypass our feelings and in a way hide ourselves to focus all of our energy on other people, doing what they want, caring more about their feelings, working to keep everything calm for peace, going along with the crowd so not to rock the boat. Any and all of these contribute to our sense of lost in the wild. We become unrecognizable because we don't see the disconnection. We've created lifestyles of slumber where on the outside, it looks good. We're wearing cute clothes. We smile and laugh. We're invited to all kinds of functions and activities. And we have lots of friends and we have big houses and we have nice cars and our kids are making teams and they're getting awards and they're making good grades, all the good stuff. And yet we have chronic headaches. We have irritable bowels or challenging digestive systems. We are overweight or we're skinny as a rail. We drink nightly and way too much and too often. We pop the happy pills to calm our nerves. We're on the phone chatting about everyone and everything. We're constantly on overdrive. Any of this hitting home? I'm hoping so. If you feel yourself getting agitated, keep listening. You might be surprised where I'm heading. Plato says, music finds its way into the secret places of the soul. Years and years ago, I wrote a book, uh, about three or four years ago, actually, called Coming Home, A Love Story. The story, this love story, came out of a disconnected me. I was unrecognizable. I'm sharing with you today because we are leaping into an energy calling us home, to ourselves, to a slowing down to a listening, to a remembering. That's what the pandemic did for us. It was a calling, a calling us home to ourselves and to a much slower pace. Who and what I just described to you earlier was me. In essence, the me not connected to the true me. It took a song, music, 
that began my awakening into who I was. And I wrote about it in my book. As I said, driving home one day, the song Arms by Christina Perry grabbed my heart with such fierceness that I knew it must be calling on me. I listened over and over again to its lyrics. It made sense and it was confusing. My heart was demanding and understanding. I did not get it at first. What was the song telling me? I thought the heart and the ego were not compatible. I was brought up to believe the ego was a narrative and a negative source to be reckoned with in many situations. It craves control and toxic idealism. It doubts the slightest bit of wholesomeness. You put your arms around me and I'm home. Yes, but where is the safest place? What is this home the song is speaking of? Could it be an external place to go? Could something external really feel safe like home? That's how music can be a source of refuge. And I wrote, and so my journey began with me, all of me paying attention. See, music can unlock what you've kept hidden and what you're hiding from. Your true essence is your heart and your soul. So this song started leading me to a remembering. When I was 17 and my dad was leaving and the shame I felt having a parent who would look at me as a 17-year-old girl and, and walk away and say, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to be around you and your brother and your sister. I just don't want this. I cried that day. And that day of crying brought me more crying because he didn't really ever want to be around. I mean, he had proven that. His role as the father often had to be fought into. Others had to talk him into doing things with us. I knew that. I saw that. I witnessed that. Take that remembering and then shove a few years forward. And I'm sitting in a moment when one of my children makes a big mistake. And it brought me back to the shame of unworthiness. And it had nothing to do with my child. And in the book, I write... I heard his voice as I answered the call. Hi, mom. I need you to come pick me up at Walmart. I just got arrested. In the initial aftermath, I thought he was joking. So I replied, are you kidding? Calmly and seriously, he answered, no, I'm serious. In that instant, I began to shake uncontrollably. Something in me knew I was in over my head. As I sat there, it felt very familiar. I flashed back to sitting on my bed the night my dad left us. When I cried tears of unworthiness, he couldn't stay for us. Tears of fear. What is going to happen now? How are we going to do this? And tears of shame. What will people think of us? And in that scared moment on my bed with my son in the other room, I was enveloped with the same unworthiness, the same fear, and the same tears of shame. Thoughts scrambled in my head. You thought you had this parenting thing. Ha, foolish you for thinking that. What kind of trouble will you get into? And what will people think of us? The ego as organizer mandated more of these uncomfortable thoughts and feelings. And something else was a force working harder. When I let go, 
God was able to nudge his way into my heart. Part of me was softening to this mistake. Part of me was opening up to my own uncomfortable bubble. I began to think and wonder, what is going on with me? How is this about me? I kept asking those questions and went on a journey to seek the answers. Mostly, we have to be still to hear what our soul wants us to know. We have to be still to hear the wisdom underneath all the gook we've shoved deep into our cells and our organs and our body systems. And we have to be willing to seek people who can help us open up and seek experiences that break us open. We are not broken. We do need challenges that break us open. We have to go back into our experiences to relive them so we can reprocess the emotions and the events in order to restore our health and well-being. There is a memory stored in our body and healing is a restoration process of reliving, reprocessing, and restoring. Think about a parking, think about a parked car, like whether it's in a garage or a lot or even on the curb or even in your driveway. 99% of the time you have to go back in order to move forward. Our own life works that way. As you find yourself disconnected, meaning your life on the outside looks pretty good, and yet your body is in pain and discomfort, this is the only way to health, joy, peace, and freedom. We have to answer what our bodies are telling us. Along my journey, I came across a wonderful book that inspired many of my actions. It kind of tore into my heart and made me think different. In the book, The Good and Beautiful God, Falling in Love with the God Jesus Knows by James Bryan Smith, Smith discusses three primary influences on who we are and how we interpret our life. He explains these influences as our narratives, how we think about God, our spiritual disciplines, how we practice being godlike, and our social contexts, whom we interact with. Smith goes on to demonstrate how these influences shape the mind, the body, and the social context of who we are. Our bodies are receptors for knowing. They can determine what is best for us. Through the senses, the body receives signals. These bodily signals communicate to the mind, which in turn articulates the messaging to our will. Our will decides how we participate in our life socially. Smith writes in his book, we cannot simply change by saying, I want to change. We have to examine what we think, our narratives, how we live daily, our spiritual discipline, and who we are interacting with, our social context. See, in these moments, and I'm not talking about God as the religious entity that so many of us were brought up with. I'm talking about God as this universal love that's available to all of us. We have to have a spiritual discipline for love in our lives. And it has to start with loving ourselves and, and loving the people around us without expectations, without conditions. Self-discovery opens the heart. Curiosity, asking the questions is the work. Explore the narratives in your mind. What do you say to yourself? 
What do you say to others in conversation? What do you say to your partners, to your friends, to your family? What do you think to yourself? What do you think about your partners and your friends and your family? What do you think about others in the world? Are you on repetition? How do you feel about your life? I used to be a walking zombie, getting up at two and three in the morning to grade papers before I got the kids up, got ready myself, raced to the university to teach a couple classes, eating breakfast on the, in the car, living on caffeine, hurrying to my other gig as a teacher mentor, racing back home to pick up the kids, driving to practices and games and social events. We ate on the run and in the car. It was nuts. Don't get me wrong. Part of me loved the busy. I felt important and I liked us involved. See, that was my ego creating this perception that everything was going well. But my body told another story. My stomach hurt all the time, no regularity. Missing meals, headaches, allergies. I was so tired all the time. So I took some time because in my initial thinking and curiosity, I thought if I could just get my body healthy. So I focused on the body and I followed this eating plan and I worked out daily and I lost a bunch of weight. And I thought, wow, this is really cool. I mean, I got to buy new clothes and I got to, you know, everything just seemed to be so cool. And then that little voice came back. I was tired and I was exhausted and I was frustrated and so many other things. Life is hard. And I kept thinking, I want more meaning and connection in my life. There has to be more than what we're doing. I remember meeting with a friend and she made this comment that sort of lit me on fire. She, we were talking about motherhood and it was as if she said, all of a sudden she just said, it's like water running through your hands. And this statement woke me up. I wanted more than water running through my hands. I wanted to feel the water running through my hands. I wanted to feel the energy of everything in life. I wanted to see everything. I wanted more. I wanted to feel the big world and see its beauty. I wanted to slow down so I could breathe again. When I first started meditation, I could hardly breathe in fully without feeling panicky. And it sort of shocked me. Finding the quiet in the noise was challenging. My life was loud, and a part of me liked that. That's what I thought. I thought peace and joy were the outcomes once you did all these things. I was so, so wrong. I was negotiating my own existence away in an effort to please everyone else. I let go of peace and joy and worked an outer expectation of looking good at all costs. I stopped listening to anything my body was telling me or anything that felt instinctual. I became insecure and indecisive, analyzing every move to make sure everyone was happy. And I didn't piss anyone off. I was numb and I spewed anger and resentment and I quietly seethed jealousy and irritability. I screamed and I cried that I was screaming and I was crying. And I apologized constantly. I hid all this behind looking well. I mean, I looked good. 
let me let me tell you, I looked good. I was, I had the cutest clothes on. I was participating in everything. Superwoman syndrome. And on the inside, I was crumbling and so unhappy. Andrew Harvey, a Jungian psychologist, says the very thing we wish to avoid, to neglect, and to flee from turns out to be the prima materia from which all growth comes. If anything I talked about today stirred something in you, do not avoid it. Do not neglect it. Do not flee from it. It is your calling. We are all being called to a more authentic, more feeling way to live our lives. Most of us want to be happy. And yet, like I was, are secretly numbing and hiding because we are unhappy. We are afraid to be our truth. We are living secret lives in shame and pretending we have it all together. I don't want that for any of us. Elizabeth Lesser wrote, How strange that the nature of life is change, yet the nature of human beings is to resist change. And how ironic that the difficult times we fear might ruin us are the very ones that can break us open and help us blossom into who we were meant to be. Begin with why. Ask yourself, why am I this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why does my body react this way? Dive into your narratives. Do you believe what you think and say? Take a look at your spiritual disciplines. Are you connected or are you just pretending to be? Open up your social lives. Do they fulfill you? and help you grow and thrive? Or are you depleted and lacking energy? It takes courage to face the truth of who we are. It takes vulnerability to make brave choices. I'm going to leave you today with one question. Who do you belong to? Yourself or everyone and everything else around you? I love you. Peace out, my friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have any questions, we provide for you the show notes. You can email me at christy at christypeck.com. Or if you are listening on the cool feature on the Anchor app, you can leave a voice comment or a voice question, and we'll be collecting those and using them on future shows. How fun would that be? You know, recently, a good friend of mine gave me this quote, and a gift over the Christmas holidays. And it really has resonated with me. And I want it to be a part of our our great presence of the year 2021. Be bold enough to use your voice, brave enough to listen to your heart, and strong enough to live the life you've always imagined. Whatever you've taken from today's episode, share it with someone else. Share the learning that you're acquiring every single day by being more aware in your life, by being awakened in your life, by being brave enough in your life, by being bold enough in your life, and by being strong enough in your life, because you really, really are. May you have a joyful week, remember who you are, and live the liminal. I love you. Peace out, my friends.